Hallelujah. Are you ready to receive the word of God? Are you ready to receive the word of God now? Hallelujah. I know God has a word for you today. And we are in the middle of the series of messages, the church of Jesus. And I am talking about the fundamental importance of the church of Christ and its role on earth. We are talking, how important is the church? The church that, that Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. This church doesn't belong to any man, any pastor, any leader. Church belongs to Jesus. Because he said, I'm going to build my church. I have no church. Pastor Paul has no church. No one has church here. Amen. And we also remember, church is not building. Church is people. The church is the family of God. It's a spiritual family and a place to belong. Amen. And, but there are many people, they come to church, they receive food in church, they receive miracles, they receive teachings, but as Jesus said, they are weary and scattered because they don't have shepherds. And you need to be ministered because this Pastoring is a spiritual protection for your life. Church is so important. It's so important that Jesus gave his life to make the church possible. And every person needs to be connected to his local church. I told you, I'm repeating some points for you to remember. There is a universal church. Universal church, but there is a local church. The local church is the church that you have to belong, to be connected, to be united with it. And remember that in the Bible there is no online pastors. Did you know? You are going to read this Bible. And here there is no online pastor, no online churches, but there is physical pastor, shepherd. That take care of people. Could, that you talk face to face. Leaders. And the Bible says, Jesus said, there are many sheep. They don't have shepherds. And you need to have shepherds. You need to have leaders. And in order to become a true disciples of Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But... The message today is increased deceptions in the last days. Increased deceptions in the last days. And this is a, a warning for all of you. And today you need to understand that there is a true church and there is a false church. And... Who said that? It's not Pastor Marcio. Jesus. 
And if you don't understand that there is this true and false, you are going to be confused and deceived. And the fact is, my brothers and sisters, there are two churches on earth today. Just two, not three. That's the true church and the false church. And I will give you today information that you not be deceived by the false church, by the false leaders and the false prophets. You need to to receive this word today. And let's read some verses. Uh, that show us the increased deceptions in the last days. Matthew, please read Matthew 24. All chapter. But here we're going to read just some verse because we have no time. Okay? Matthew 24. 24 verse 11. 13 and 42. That says, And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. 42. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know. On what day your Lord will come? Did you know we are living the last days? We are, my brothers. We are living, if you look what happened in the world. We are living the last days. And the last days started in Pentecost. When the church really started. Because when... In that day when the people received the Holy Spirit, Peter, he stood up and said, what's happening today? It was what was written. In the last day, my spirit is going to be fell or it's going to become over my church. And the last day, days started 2,000 years ago. And we are near to the end. And watch. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know what day your Lord will come. But we are near to the end. Can you say amen? And, and we are living these last days. Without a doubt, we are close to the end of these last days. And surely, the return of Christ is imminent. In the end times, many people will be deceived. Okay? Jesus said, in the end time, many people will be deceived. And let's now see about the false church. Jesus said, false prophet, false leader, they are going to deceive many people. Let's see what Paul the apostle said. 2 Corinthians 11, 2 and 4. That says, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. <laughs> for I have betrothed you to one husband. That I may present to you as a chaste virgin 
to Christ. Verse 3. Look his fear. But I fear. Lest somehow. As the serpent deceived Eve. By his craftiness. So your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. My brothers, the gospel is simple. Simple. Jesus died for our sins. Then you should repent from your sins. And you should turn from your sins and you are saved. It's simple. Amen? Simple. But look what he said. So your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Verse 4. For if he who comes preach, for if he who comes preaches another Jesus who we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel. Which you have not accepted. You may well put up with it. My brothers, you need to know something. Paul was the one who founded the church of Corinth. He founded the church. He was the leader, the pastor who started the church of Corinth. And he said, I am jealous for you. Or with the jealousy of God. Or his heart was. You may be deceived. And I am jealous for you. I have some pain in my heart. Because he said, I promised. I promised. I betrothed you to a marriage to one husband that I might present you as a pure virgin to Christ. He said, I worked with you, wow, to present you as one virgin to Christ. But remember, commitment to Jesus as a Savior and Lord is a betrothal. It's a marriage contract. Are you with me? Are you with me or sleeping? Amen. And each and all of us who have made that commitment have been betrothed to Jesus. And we are not yet married. Did you know, one day we're going to take part of a wonderful marriage celebration, wedding celebration. Re Revelation 19, 7, 8 contains the beautiful picture of the actual celebration of the marriage that Paul was speaking. Let's read Revelation 19, 7 and 8. Let us be glad, hallelujah, and rejoice. And let us give honor to him, Jesus. 
For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And his bride has prepared himself. You are the bride. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the, the fine linen represent the good deeds of God's holy people. That day, my brothers, Jesus, you, you take his bride home. And Jesus and all heaven will be excited, glad, and rejoicing. But at the present, we are still only betrothed, only engaged. The marriage supper has not come yet, but it will. Amen? My brothers, today I have this heart. I am here to prepare you for this day. But Paul the Apostle said, in the end times, many of you will be deceived. Because you didn't prepare yourself. And this is where the true and the false church separate. My brothers, the church is going to come together until the end. False church and true church. Today, everybody is the same. Today, everybody is, you cannot see who is the wheat and who is the tares. We cannot see who is the false, who is the truth. Look like the same. I look to you, I look at you, look like the same. It's difficult. But in, in this time, what's going to happen? We are going to separate both churches. Are you with me, my brothers? This is a serious, not funny, sorry. So serious what I'm talking about. Because through church, even believers, everybody's the same. You can be leader, you can be pastor, you can be prophet, you can be just a, a Christian in church, you can be work from the worship team, but this day is gonna be clear who is who each one. This day, the true church and the false church. Remember, church is not building. Church is people. Church is people, not building. Jesus is not going to come to this building. This is just for you to protect us, this place. The church, it's you. It's me. And the true church remains faithful to its betrothals, vows. But the false church is unfaithful to the bridegroom. This is the point. Both they are going to separate. Because one is going to remain faithful. And the other is going to be unfaithful. The unfaithful church is described, is described as 
prostitute and immoral woman. Okay? This is what the Bible says. This false church is a prostitute, not married legal woman. It's prostitute that live together, not legally married. And here it says, one day everything is going to be clear. And Paul goes on, my brothers, in the next two verses to explain how Christians can be corrupted for, from their original commitment to Christ. And I am here to challenge you. Be faithful. If you are faithful to God until now, keep faithful to Him. In your commitment with the Lord. Verse 3 says. Let's read again. But I fear, Paul said, that somehow you are pure and undivided devotion, devotion to Christ will be what? Corrupted. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. 2 Corinthians 13, 3, 11, 3 says, sorry. And, and Paul the Apostle said, I fear that your mind may be corrupted from the simplicity and purity that is in Christ. So, my brothers, the process... That leads to unfaithfulness is the corrupting of the minds of believers. It's the corrupting of your mind. And many people, they start going, going, going. They don't see that they, are, have, they have been deceived. Okay, this is okay. I can live with God and... Keep doing that. I can be in this addiction. I can have this addiction in my life. Or I know what it's written in the Bible, but I can live in this way. Or our mind starts being corrupted. It's not Pastor Mars. It's Paul the Apostle that said that. Then be careful. Be careful. You. Who always listen to different preachers on the internet or other leaders. Because what happened with Eve can happen to you also. Don't think. No, no. <laughs> My brothers. Eve was discipled by God. <laughs> God was the leader of them. Not Pastor Mars. And she was deceived. Can you imagine you that are pastored by Pastor Mars, Pastor Paul, by the leaders of this church? And there are many false teachings coming inside of the church today. One of them is all saved, always saved. This is a terrible lie. Because the Bible says, the one who perseveres until the end will be saved. Because of their pure devotion to Christ couldn't be corrupted. And there are many lies today in the church. I am saved. No. The one who perseveres until the end. Paul said, 
Today you have devotion to Christ. But in the middle of the road, you can lose this devotion. You can abandon. Then you're going to miss what God has for your life. And Paul goes over the process of the mental corruption in the verse 4. Let's see how it works. Verse 4. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, who we have not preached, or if you receive different spirit, which you have not received, or look, different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may put, you may well put up with it. Notice here, my brothers, there are three phases. First of all, another Jesus. Then, different spirit. And then, different gospel. And you know, Jesus said, I am the truth. When we change Jesus, or when we, we change the Jesus' teachings... My brothers, we are going to have another spirit. And also, it's going to result in another gospel. Can you see? When you change Jesus' teaching, then you are going to go to another spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's going to deceive you. And also, another gospel. And my brothers, you know, the people of Corinth... That were very charismatic. That people, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know. They would speak in tongues. Don't think because you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or you speak in tongues. It is wonderful, I believe. I speak in tongues also. But don't believe because you are baptized, you speak in tongues. That it guarantees that you're not going to be deceived. It doesn't. Because Paul said that you can be deceived. And there are many versions of Jesus being preached in the world. Somehow these teachings are seeping into the church. Going to the church. The New Age movement also has their own version of Jesus. And this is entering church, my brothers. I can see clear. Maybe you get one preaching, start listening in, in your house, on YouTube. It's mixed. Everything mixed together. And you are receiving and believing. But I have no time to talk about the, the New Age movement. Also, the liberation of theology teaches that the job of Christian is to resolve the problems of the poor, social and just, eliminate the wealth and set up a new political order. <laughs> Jesus never did that. Never. He had great compassion on the poor. He loved the poor. But he never asked to institute another social award by force. He never said that. He said, 
my kingdom is not from this world. Amen? He said, my kingdom is not from here. The process of trying to bring the kingdom of God in by armed force is a denial of the teaching of Jesus. And there are many who claim to be Christian, but denying the teachings of Jesus. Because they are following another gospel. The gospel of permissive grace. I have no time to talk about that. But today, many people are saying, I live by grace, pastor. Today is the time of grace, pastor. My brothers, grace is not permission for you to sin. Grace is the power of God for you to live a holy life that's going to please God. I am, Paul the Apostle said, I am working all of you because of the grace of God. Or the grace of God is strengthening me. The grace of God is making me a person who is going to give him all the glory. The grace of God is working my life for me to live a life, a godly life. This is the grace of God. Not the grace of God for me to sing, to create my gospel. Okay, I, I believe, but I'm going to live in this way. And also many preachers today say, God loves you unconditionally. Have you heard that? God loves you unconditionally. <laughs> this is a lie. God loves you. Loves you. But there is condition for you to come to the kingdom of God. Isn't it? Repent from your sin, abandon your addictions by the power of the Holy Spirit and come and follow me. There is condition, not, okay, I am living the grace. Unconditional love is interpreted as unconditional acceptance of the one's lifestyle. Let's see the scripture now. About the last days. Second, Second Timothy 3, 1 to 5. Let's read. But mark this. Mark this, he said. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive. Look if you have some of this quality in your life, please. Proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Verse 3, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. You cannot control yourself. Brutal. Not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Attention, this last one. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. From such people, 
turn away. In the beginning, my brother starts. He begins the verse by saying, but mark this, the first. But mark this, or in another word, be very certain of this fact. He said, very certain of this fact. In the last days, or the period before the closing of ages, perilous and terrible time will come. Okay? If some pastor say to you, oh, everything is going to be okay. Everything. Everything is going to be okay. Peace, peace. You're going to have a, a, a great time. Be careful. <laughs> it's not what the Bible says here, my brothers. The time is going to be uh, according terrible times in the last days. Amen? Terrible. I don't know what, if you believe in another thing. Terrible times. And, uh, <clears throat> and the, the root problem is the, the generation of the human character and conduct. This is the problem. Paul gives here, my brother, you are going to read, a list of 18 aspects of human behavior that people will showcase when then closing of the ages approaches. Approach. Then there are here 18, 18 moral or ethical defects. And the main issue is what people love most. It begins with love of self, love of money, and ends with love of pleasure. Take the culture in Europe today. Look to Europe today. These are the three of the main elements that direct people. Love of self, love of money, and love of pleasure. Isn't it? It's the three things driving people. You, but you maybe are thinking... All these people with these 18 aspects are people of the world. It's people that are not following Jesus. No, 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 no. Paul the Apostle, he wrote this letter to the church. And look here, my brothers. In verse 7, Paul said, they are professing godliness. Right? Verse 7, they are professing godliness. They say, okay, I belong to God. My life is okay. They are professing. They are professing to be Christians, but their characters are deteriorating. They profess faith, but they deny the power that can change people. Right? Right? They are professing, but they are denying the power that can change your life and can change my life. There are people in church professing to be Christians, but they are selfish, full of self-love, love of money, 
and love of pleasure. Listen, you can be a person who don't drink, don't drink, you don't smoke, don't smoke, don't use drugs. But if you can still be selfish, and if you are living for yourself, your life is a denial of the power of the gospel. Because when Jesus called you, he said, come and follow me. Take your cross and deny yourself. This is the calling of Jesus. But the world are teaching you, make money. You need to love yourself. What is important? It's that you, you are happy. This is what is important. You need to be happy. Sometimes I'm not happy. Sometimes I'm crying. I cannot be happy sometimes looking to this world going to hell. I cannot be happy looking to some people of my family going to hell. But many people say, what is important? It's that I am happy. What is important? I can do everything in order for me to be happy. I am happy with my Jesus. One day I'm going to meet with him. And even this time is a difficult and hard time. I am waiting for something greater. Are you also waiting? I am waiting for what's going to happen at the end. Some people are just, uh, are just a little more careful. They, are, they avoid certain things that harm them. But the real distinguishing mark of a true Christian of this age is unselfishness. Those who lack that mark, those who make the claim but deny the power, pose adverts. Turn away from such people. Yeah? In other words, don't waste your time on them. Don't spend too much time on selfish, self-centered people. The more time you give it to them, the more centered they become. This is what Paul said. And remember, there are false churches. False leaders, false prophets, but also false or fake Christians. Remember that the church is not a building. I'm repeating. Church is a group of baptized people who is committed to the local church. And church is people. Church is people. And I want to finish now. Going to, I'm going to read Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Let's see the difference uh, between the false and the true. Uh, who here knows about the parable of the wheat and the tares? Do you know this parable? The wheat and the tares. Do you know? Okay, it, I'm sure it's familiar for most of you. Uh, Haniel, could you put that picture of the, the wheat and the tares? Ah, look there. We have here 
a picture of the wheat and the tear. Which one is the wheat and which one is the tear? Do you know? Looks like the same. But on my left is the wheat. On my right is the tear. Looks like the same. Looks like the same. But let's read. I'm going to talk more at the end. But let's read Matthew 13, 24, 26 now. 24 says, Then Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who, sh who sowed good seed in his field. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. This parable, my brother, speaks about a farmer who sowed his field with a good wheat. Amen? Good wheat. Tares are weeds that are very closely similar to wheat, at least in their early stages of growth. According to this, this parable, the tear. The tares were growing with the wheat. These parables talks about the kingdom of God, or this is a parable about the church and the end times. Amen. And here we find that the, the wheat that brings in it appropriate fruit, and tares that looks like wheat. But don't bring forth no fruit. This is the difference. One, they are look like the same. You, sometimes you cannot see with your eyes. Because they look like the same. But one has its fruit. The other one, no fruits. This is the same as what Paul said. Because he's talking about church, my brothers. Jesus is going to separate the false church from the true church. Church is people. And here, Paul the Apostle said, they are professing godliness, but show no fruit. They are professing. Their character are deteriorating. They are selfish love. Of self, love of money, and love of pleasure. And also in this in the parable, the servant of the landowner said, verse 27, let's see. So the servant of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? 28, he said to them, one enemy has done that. <laughs> can you see what the, the enemy can do in your life? He can do something in your mind to corrupt your mind. And said, one enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, no. Least while you gather up the tares 
you also uproot the wheat with them. What that indicate, my brothers? That indicates that there is a very little to distinguish between the wheat and the tares. Very little. Very little. Even people working in the field could easily have pulled up wheat. Imagine that it was a tear. In other words, there is a very little difference between the true fruit producing believers and the one who claim to be believers but don't produce fruits. Jesus is speaking here. Not about the unbelieving world, my brothers. But he's talking about the kingdom of God and the true church of Christ. Let's read the, the last verse. 30. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the end time of harvest... I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares, and bite them in bundles, and burn them, but gather the wheat into my burn. Amen. Interpreting the, the parable, Jesus says to the reapers, do you know who was the reapers? The angels. In this contest, the reapers is the angels. And they said, it's too difficult a job for human beings. It's too difficult for human beings to do that. How can I separate? Huh. I look, I can see everybody the same. I don't know what you are doing at home. I don't know how you are living. It's so difficult. Just the angels can do that, the Bible says. Then, it's too difficult for human beings or pastors to sort out the tares from the wheat. So Jesus said, that's not your problem. Leave it, that to me. He said, leave that to me. And the angels, when the time comes, will, do, will deal with it. And sometimes we as a leaders, we should take some people out of the church. <laughs> sometimes. I need to confess you. People who claim to be Christian but appear not to bring forth any fruit. But that's not the answer. And we have to tolerate the fact that amongst the wheat there are some tares. And the main responsibility to make is to make sure that I personally, I am wheat and I'm not a tear. This is your responsibility. Amen? Our main responsibility is to make sure that I am personally, I am wheat and I'm not a tear. Could you stand up, please? Are you a wheat or are you a tares? Are you professing godliness? Are you in the kingdom of God but bearing no fruit? How is your character? Are you unselfish 
or are you selfish? Are you love of self, love of money, or in love of pleasure? Remember, one day we are going to give account how we lived on this earth. My brothers, we are living the last days. Don't be deceived. In Jesus' name, close your eyes. Look to yourself. Maybe if you need to repent, you should do. Repent from the way you are living. We need to seek more intimacy with God in constant prayer. We need to be covered for our leaders and pastors. Maybe you are in church, but we are not covered. You are sheep without shepherd. To whom you are accountable. To open and truthful. Are you, do you have people that you are accountable? Or leaders? Because this is protection for your life. Father, I pray for all my brothers here. Father, I want to see all of them following you, Lord. I want to see all of them serving you, passionate. Father, I pray that every single person in this church can be faithful to you until the end, persevering until the end, being fruitful. Not a tares, but a wheat. They're going to produce fruit for your glory, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, that you can produce repentance in their hearts. Those who have been deceived, Father. I pray for their lives. Help them to come back, Father. To be restored. I pray for salvation, for transformation. And I pray for miracles in their lives. In Jesus' name, I pray for your church. And help us, Father, to raise your kingdom. To bring your kingdom over this nation, over the Ireland, Father. Over all the nations. Because this is your church and your church belongs to you, Jesus. And we are here just as servants to prepare your bride for you one day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. May the grace of God and the, and the power of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all in Jesus' name. Be prepared because we do not know when our bridegroom is coming. Be prepared in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Amen.